This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. The season finale of the IPL, a dream debut for Gujarat Titans and a roaring return to the stands for the audience. Gujarat Titans Within weeks of the pitch battle on the field, the action swiftly moved off the pitch and into the boardroom with the BCCI or the Board of Control for Cricket in India, auctioning out the media rights for the next five years. After three days of an intense bidding war, BCCI came up hitting a maximum. More than 48,000 crore rupees, that's over $6 billion dollars. IPL is now the second most valued sporting event right after the NFL in the US. To put it in perspective, this is a threefold increase from what the Walt Disney Star Group paid in 2017. Star has bagged the television rights for 23,575 crore rupees that Star which is the existing broadcaster Viacom 18 has won the digital rights for a total 23,758 crore rupees. It appears that cricket is the ultimate money spinner. It's Friday, June 24th. I'm Ratna Bhushan from the Economic Times. You're listening to the Morning Brief and the question we're asking. IPL, does the math add up? India's pretty large ad market. It's about the 7th or 8th largest ad market. We did see a a down a downward trend in ratings in the last season. If that trend continues next season, there is serious trouble in the IPL ecosystem. A lot is going to actually be dependent on how much liquidity is in the market six months later. When you have 98% revenues coming from domestic market and 2% from international, you are not global. TV is still very big and I think we can't ignore that. Definitely, it's very excited to see how the digital game is going to play out. That to my mind will be the game changer. IPL is a fantastic product. It is here to stay. It is only going to get bigger from here. The point is, will the auction turn out to be a winner's curse for Disney Star? Will Woot be the new hot star? And will it also clean more linear TV in the future? Most important, how will the broadcasters recoup their investments and break even as IPL trumps most global leagues across sports? Let's ask three key stakeholders whom you just heard if they are euphoric or skeptical. All three are not just avid cricket fans themselves but also know the IPL pitch inside out. Vikram Sakuja, Group Chief Executive at Madison Media, the country's second largest media buying house. Arnab Roy, the marketing lead of Coca-Cola Company, which is among the world's biggest sports sponsors. And Harish Tawani, media maverick who first bought an aggressive broadcast bidding to India in the limelight back in the 2000s as founder of Neo Sports and Nimbus Communications. As per his Twitter bio, part-time geek, full-time audiophile, overtime sports fan and creator of the Indus Club. 
This time around, BCCI bowled a googly. The media rights have been spread across broadcasters, breaking the monopoly of one company. So TV rights went to the Walt Disney Company-owned star for 23,500 crore rupees, while Mukesh Ambani hit the ball out of the park, scooping up the digital rights. Viacom 18, the big winner, writing another 23,000 crore check for 410 matches. It's the first time in India when digital rights have fetched more money than the television rights. Vikram, I want to come to you first. Are you skeptical about the valuations? It's obviously a very aggressive amount, and it'll be a challenge. But I don't think it's an insurmountable one. If you break up the rights into TV and digital, let's go to TV. It's about they say fifty-seven point five crores per match. If you have to look at the last five years, the actual cost per match that the rights holder paid was close to fifty crores per match. For both TV and digital, they were able to recover in the last years somewhere close to forty-seven crores per match purely from TV advertising. So digital was a small part. So Star is just paying about twenty percent more than that per match. So on TV, I actually feel that with just about a compounded growth rate of say ten percent year on year, they'll be able to recover all the money. Up till now, digital has not been able to really monetize itself that well. So, if in a given year TV makes three and a half thousand crores more, maybe the digital part is still in the hundreds. If you pay the same amount as TV per match for digital, how are they going to recover it? Of course, Viacom 18 is a huge geo network. They've got the entire Viacom 18 online properties, and of course, they've got the man of the Maidas touch, Uday Shankar, somewhere in the entire picture. So I'm definitely very excited to see how the digital game is going to play out. That, to my mind, will be the game changer. Digital is surely an interesting space to look out for. So let me come to you, Harish. IPL's valuations are comparable to global leagues now, but its reach and viewership is not. So isn't there a clear imbalance happening here? So let me give you a, a simple stat: two point two percent of IPL's revenues from these set of bids. Comes from global rights, two point two percent. When you have ninety eight percent revenues coming from domestic market and two percent from international, you are not global. You are so local that you are at great risk if this marketplace, you know, takes a U turn. And we did see a a down a downward trend in ratings in the last season. If that trend continues next season, there is serious trouble in the IPL ecosystem. While compared with the EPL. This last, the last cycle of EPL, international overtook domestic for the first time. So it's now fifty-two forty-eight. Fifty-two percent of the English Premier League's uh, uh, revenues are coming from outside of UK. That's a stupendous achievement, and that's what you call a global product. As long as the domestic dominates your your global revenues, you're a, you know you're a domestic company with a little bit of export, and this is two percent, which. Is an alarming figure because in two thousand six, two thousand seven, when Nimbus first took the BCCI rights to levels which were being questioned at that time, six hundred twelve million dollars, and we purchased them, 
the split was 16% global and 83-84% India. In 2010-11 or thereabouts, so it's actually a downward slide that is happening on, on, on India cricket rights. It was 16% global in 2006-07, it was 9% global in 2010-11, and now it's 2% global in 2022. Uh, does that does that signal a declining interest in the IPL in international markets or the failure of the IPL management to grow the product in international markets? I think some people will say yes. And does that indicate that the Indian marketplace has raced ahead? Possibly with some irrational exuberance. Again, some people might say yes. So I think it's both factors at play. But the IPL is definitely not a global product. If you see what, who, who purchased the international rights of IPL, it's again Indian companies aiming at an Indian diaspora in four or five select markets. There was no Fox Sports uh, from Australia. There was no Sky Sports from uh, UK. There was no Super Sport from South Africa. Some of them had purchased the tenders but didn't come to the party. Three prominent advertisers told me last week they've decided not to invest in the IPL since they believe it's already too expensive and it'll only get costlier. So, Arnab, how much more is Coca-Cola willing to pay? We are looking at all the numbers, you know, working out all the different scenarios. Uh, as we are starting to work on our business plans for next year, this is going to have a huge impact. But I think it is very straightforward. If we have to be in the IPL, I think we'll have to shell out more money. So the question is, in what form we want to be a part of the IPL next year? I could then say I will only be on TV and I'll not be on digital, or I'll only be on digital and I'll not be on TV. With Viacom coming in and hearing about their very aggressive plans, I think there is a lot of homework to be done on our side. So there are multiple scenarios possible. It's not going to be an easy choice. Uh, the outflow is going to be higher on our side. But I think we have to be very sharp as to what's going to, you know, hopefully be the most optimal investment that we'd make. But Vikram, tell me, won't all of this put unrealistic pressure on the advertisers? Broadcasters, after all, will extract the returns from advertisers, right? Yes, there will be pressure on advertisers and, and choices will have to be made. There's no question about it. My own sense is that with the digital rights being so high, there were a number of advertisers earlier who were looking at taking both TV as well as online. My belief is that increasingly, Advertisers will now make a choice between online and uh, linear TV. And that's going to become interesting because the rights are now with two different players. So we are going to actually see a very interesting dynamic between Star and Viacom 18. And that competition between the two of them actually might just help advertisers. I, I think very few people are going to have the appetite to spend on both online and digital. Harish, how much do you expect ad rates to increase now? You're basically applying pressure points to 200, 250 advertisers and knowing which one of them have to have it because they've got a product launch or they've got a competitor's product launch and they need to counter that with share of voice. All those fact factors make it easier for you to deal with advertisers. So if you look at the last season, Star averaged a 10 lakh rupee price for 10 seconds on IPL. That's about 35 crores a match. And I think that even if they go with a reasonable annual inflation rate of 5-6%, which is what is prevailing right now, they would wind up doing an average of 
40 crores over the life of this five-year rights on advertising alone. Having said that, nothing stops Star from pushing the envelope and seeing whether they can get a 10 to 12% annual increase. But IPL's television viewership has fallen sharply, as much as 30 to 35% this year. So Vikram, how worried are you? How worried are the advertisers and media buyers? It is a concern, but I'll qualify that. Look, up till now, year on year, the IPL ratings have grown all the way till April 21, the ratings were constantly going up. Suddenly in September of 21, they dived and that trend has continued in this IPL. So that's exactly the 25-30% drop that we are seeing in the ratings is a worry. Up till now, broadcasters have been doing their best to make sure that they give the value back to the clients. But that said, the drop in ratings is a concern. I'm hoping it's going to come back. But the qualifier I want to put is large number of advertisers who are coming on IPL are not necessarily coming only for the ratings. Ratings are important, but they're not the entire game. You see it more in terms of the kind of way it is able to disrupt my business. And, and that is where I think outlay rather than ratings is going to really determine the traction next year. But that said, yes, if I was the broadcaster, I would do whatever it takes to sort of shore up the ratings. Because if in one more year the ratings drop, then I see a problem in the next four years. So obviously bringing back viewers to the IPL is crucial. So Arnab, tell me, are you concerned? And more importantly, what do you think needs to be done to fix this problem? IPL is a fantastic product. There are always opportunities to improve the product. And I really hope that the BCCI, working with all the franchise teams, takes a deep, hard look as to where are the improvements needed. You have to treat this as a brand, honestly. And if consumers have left your brand in this particular year, you have to recruit them back. So they have to start thinking as to how you do, how you know we as, uh, as brand custodians do. And I think there are opportunities to improve that. But I do feel that given the passion that India has for cricket, IPL is here to stay. And with everything that we are seeing with big money coming in, uh, with Star continuing to put its weight behind it, now with Reliance into it. So I am an optimist that the ratings will come back. Is there work to be done on the product? Absolutely. When you have leakages on your consumers, there is opportunity for you to go and improve that. So I hope sincerely that the BCCI ensures that we uh, start improving the basic quality of the product. Speaking of appetite of advertisers brings another question to my mind. Vikram, where is all the money going to come from? I mean, most large advertisers on the IPL of late have been startups, right? And their ad dollars are getting squeezed amid the ongoing funding winter. So, you know, where do you think the big dollars are going to come from? That's an excellent question. The last IPL we just concluded, it had some 53-54% of the entire investments had come in from these startups. So, and of course, the money was coming from investors who had put money to the startups. If that is drying up, that is going to be, a, I think, the biggest question. Will there, will there be enough liquidity and cash in the market which they can mop up? These are great properties, no question about it. But say the FMCG players, which at least make up about 50% of TV, uh, 
for them, it's very difficult to actually pay the kind of premiums because these FMCG players are really looking at making ads which get them the reach and frequency. And there's only so much premium they're willing to pay to in order to be to be able to get that on IPL. So you need these people who are really entering the market, launches, the ones who really want to disrupt the market and sort of build stature and really play the big boys game. And that's where uh, all these investor-led startups have really been coming in to build their, their, their businesses. A lot is going to actually be dependent on how much liquidity is in the market six months later. So the question, I think that is going to be the single biggest uh, question which is worrying the rights holders. Harish, bringing you in here, how do you see the drying up of startup funds impacting IPL? 60% of the inventory uh, on the last IPL was from new age companies. Now, there are three ways to look at this. What percentage of that came from people who are flush with funds and haven't yet built a robust revenue model? What percentage came from people who have built a robust revenue model and therefore are unlikely to, you know, not get future funding? And what percentage came, uh, came from people that are already profitable? The whole portion is obviously not at risk. Swiggy is not about to vanish tomorrow. Azamato is not about to vanish tomorrow because there are turbulent times. Every cycle of the bull run seems to last for two years and there is a year, year and a half of people cooling off. And then there will be a next cycle. So. There, people are cutting smaller checks, but people are still cutting checks. A soft bank is not going to shut shop. A tiger is not going to shut shop. They're just going to get a little bit more cautious and look at sectors that, you know, are less risky. But coming to the historical advertisers, Coca-Cola dominates sports sponsorship globally. So Arnab, how would you compare returns on investment from an IPL sponsorship versus, say, an Olympics or a FIFA. Can you take our listeners through this? I think the way we look at sports, and I'll give the example of the FIFA World Cup or the Olympics, and then in most cases, we also go on to take the on-air sponsorship. But both are mutually exclusive. So if you add up all of those investments, and how much is the per-year cost of a FIFA or the Olympics, the number is quite high. Um, now, IPL is an interesting thing. We are still working out what is our long-term cricket strategy in India. We are much clearer as to what's our plan on the Olympics or the FIFA World Cup. To be honest, cricket is a little bit of a cluttered sport out here. Uh, it's an expensive sport, whether it's on TV or on digital. That's what we need to look at at a more holistic way. The money we invest on the FIFA World Cup and the Olympics is a lot. For the last 25 years and we have done a kind of detailed ROI analysis, the returns we've got from partnerships like the FIFA World Cup have been phenomenal. And it's also because we know three to four years in advance what's coming. So we plan in advance, work out the plans with all our markets, work out plans with all our customers. And I think that's essentially what is going to help you to ensure that you have a strong ROI. But tell me, with Reliance pulling out of television rights and instead buying the digital rights for almost the same price, I mean, what does all this mean for the future of media advertising? TV is still very big, Ratna. And I think we can't ignore that. And at the end of the day, when you work out your math, the reach that uh, Star is going to you know, bring for you, I think is still going to be much, much higher than 
at least initially what we'll probably get from Viacom. Over the last few years, especially after COVID, there is a clear trend that the reach of digital is going up. The question is, how well can we improve the product uh, that a consumer experiences on his phone or on his tablet or in his computer? TV is going to continue to remain big. IPL still is a big sporting property. The ratings have gone down a little bit this year. But in the long run, IPL is here to stay. It is only going to get bigger from here. But as I said, the question is how much can we afford to pay and what is the optimal cost? And it finally will boil down to what the ROI is. So, Harish, does the Ycom Reliance deal impact the future of digital media rights in India compared to linear television? What do you have to say about this? I would say over the next 24 months, no. Because if somebody's gone over the top in this particular instance, that doesn't mean everyone's going to go over the top. There are uh, more TV viewers in this country than digital users. The TV viewer is more valuable because of the whole community viewing, because of accurate data that you get from the ratings analysis. In digital, you don't get any data. You're buying in the dark. I'm not sure advertisers have fully woken up to the fact that its impact on the consumer is extremely low. I didn't see a single ad on Hotstar which gave you the facility to be able to click through the ad at that moment of time to purchase or register your interest. I mean, the most fundamental basic use of, of digital advertising is to be able to get the consumer to take action promptly. Well, digital surely has its downsides. But Harish, tell me, where does this leave Icom's digital play? I am highly skeptical about Digital breaking even. So, Viacom 18 has gone over the top on paying for digital rights. Whether they are able to break even or not break even, the five years down the right, the balance sheet will tell. But I would, I would wager that they will probably have a 10 to 15,000 crore gap between sale revenues and their costs. Vikram, there are a lot of comparisons out there with global leaks in terms of profitability and viability. So can you tell me how you see an NFL or an EPL comparing with IPL in terms of break-even? The interesting thing in all of this is if you look at EPL, they have less than maybe 10-11 minutes of advertising in an entire EPL game, 90 minutes of the soccer game. In Cricket, of course, and all for that matter, NFL, you have close to an hour of advertising. So the reality is that the per 10 second rate is going to be much more for uh, EPL than it is going to be for, uh, say, IPL, primarily because there is so much more advertising inventory to sell. I think 10% year on year and Star should be able to recover their investments. Of course, it's quite exciting to see how an Indian league has overtaken something like the EPL. But now India is also a pretty large ad market. It's about the seventh or eighth largest ad market. US, of course, still remains bigger. So NFL, NBA, all of these, they have similar kinds of advertising times as an IPL game. And their sport costs are way, way higher. Their valuations are also a little bit higher. NFL for sure, NBA not so much. But Arnab, if advertisers get similar returns on other properties on television... Why would they want to spend on an IPL? I think it will finally depend on brand to brand and what the context is, what the core TG is and what is the job to be done for a particular brand in that particular day. So I'll give you an example. 
we went ahead with with a pretty aggressive plan sponsoring the olympics and the paralympics with our brand thumbs up india was just coming out of the delta hit because of covid last summer and the country was desperate for some good news the ratings went through the roof interesting trivia for you across the world across all the countries across all the sponsors of the olympic games the ioc had run a kind of research on which are the most recalled brands or which are the most associated brands of the olympics and thumbs up came as brand number 2 in the world not in india but around the world in india obviously it was the number 1 uh, so you need to play smart and and leverage uh, based on the context of what's happening outside the ipl ipl is a base big it's one of the best impact buys we can ever have it gives you the fastest reach build up right now across any property but again every brand may not need that reach build up so you will have to go and assess as to as to what do you finally need media rights have been sold for over three times the price they fetched in 2017 harish does the ipl's reserve price need a reality check if the eventual product got sold at about 50% above the reserve price then you would say that the reserve price was justified because the market is willing to pay above that because this is not an equity partnership or a long term alliance where both parties need to prosper otherwise the deal will break down the company that i was once upon a time a part of named sport has done business with the bcci for over 10 years and even in the best of times when they had administrators who had a more empathetic attitude towards the marketplace they didn't really care whether their broadcast partner makes a profit or a loss i think they got it right people are willing to pay more so why not make hay while the sun shines the next few years will tell if disney star and vicom will regret this if they overbid and how and when they can recover the investments An analysis by research company Media Partners Asia says Disney could lose as many as 20 million of its Disney Plus subscribers after being outbid for the streaming rights. For now, the party is at BCCI, the world's already richest cricket board, which just turned richer. I'm Ratna Bhushan, and you've been listening to. IPL Trust the Map add up on the morning brief. This episode was produced by Surbhi Modi from the Economic Times and Varun Kapahi from Awaaz. Sound editor Rajesh Naik from the Economic Times and Swati Joshi from Awaaz. Executive producers Arijit Parman and Anupriya Bahadur from the Economic Times. Be signing off and hope you enjoyed listening to the episode. Do share the episode on your social media networks. Do tune in to EG Play, our latest platform for all audio content, including the Morning Brief. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day ahead. All external sound clips used in this episode belong to the respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description box.